Welcome to the Don't Let That Go Over Your Head podcast, starring Q the Boss and Mar. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Let That Go Over Your Head podcast. Today's, of course, I got a special guest. Man, she came in a feeling today. You know, I really wanted her to come. She has, She's very dope. But I want, I, want to, I want her to tell you who she is, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit more because I know she's going to be very modest. But I find her very, very dope, and I wanted her on here very bad. So let me let her tell you. Hey, um, my name is Jessima, and um, yeah, I'm a teacher in Brooklyn, and I do real estate stuff with Q. My boyfriend also does real estate stuff with Q, and Q's lit. (laughs) Well, guys, let's give her a round of applause. Let's welcome her. Let's make her feel comfortable. I want her to talk to you guys the way she talks to me. I want you guys to give a nice welcome. Her name is Jessima. She's very, very, uh, very, very educated, very smart, and also very versed. And uh, one thing I do value about her the most is she's very strongly opinionated, but positively opinionated. She's very um, open-minded to life, and I love this about her. She actually came to my book listening, and she made me actually go into my book which is out right now, The Art to Reprogram and the Mindset. She actually uh, gave me insight on changing certain content that was in the book. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very, uh, 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 what's the word? I'm a Taurus. So Taurus tend to be very stubborn. But she made valid points. And I said, you know what? Let me go into this book, open it back up, and actually fix some of the uh, content that she actually talked about with me. It wasn't personal. It was actually better. She gave me great ideas, and I, I love her for it. But today we're talking about mindset. Mindset, the mentality, the mental demon that a lot of people fight and face every single day. Today we're talking about something that I wish more people would talk about because there's a lot of things that's going on culturally that a lot of people don't like to talk about. First topic, Jessima, I'm going to throw at you right now is something called mental health. Does mental health play a role with people having a poor mentality or a mindset? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, if someone struggles with depression or anxiety, like, their brain is wired differently. Their brain chemistry is different. So if they're in a period of depression, right, like, they're, it's going to be hard for them to have that optimistic mindset. Um, and it's not going to be their fault. It's going to be a struggle for them to get out of. They'll need support of friends and family and possibly a professional therapist, medicine. Um, so mental health, like when we're talking about taking accountability and being our best selves and the best version of ourselves, okay, that can be really hard for someone to do if they're struggling with um, something that's out of their control. That's literally just part of their wiring, part of their DNA. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, like, it's so important to have people like you, Q, like, trying you. to rewire mindset and give people um, the, the motivation that those motivational speakers and um, even those self-help books are so important. But what some people don't understand is people who really struggle with, like, severe anxiety and depression, like, it takes more than just, like, a pep talk, right, for them to get back on track and to 
be passionate and to pursue those passions and to be successful in life, right? So I think um, that's just really important to keep in mind when we have these conversations. I agree 100%. You know, that was actually really good. And, you know, the summary of what you just said, I agree with everything you just said, to be honest with you. You know, I realize that mental health plays a major part in why a lot of people aren't getting to the levels that they really want to. And, you know, one thing I've realized is even with trying to help, I've noticed that a lot of people don't want to accept that they need help. So we're in a world where a lot of people tend to not realize that there's a problem. But in, in, in every recovery or any uh, AA or any um, clinicals, rather, right, mental clinicals, right, these people, first thing they say is the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. The first step. I think a lot of people don't want to take the first step. I think a lot of people don't realize that they do have mental health illness and, and they have issues. You know, for, for me personally, going through a lot of things I went through, I had to go to therapy. And therapy to me was good because I was able to voice myself to people and they, were, they made me comfortable to talk about prior issues and problems that I've been through that plagued me way longer than I thought. You know, in my mind, I can say it out my mouth that I'm over it. But when certain situations remind me of it, it always showed that I really wasn't over a lot of the traumas. So now, now that's me fighting against myself. I realized that I was my own demon because I didn't want to seek therapy. And now that I'm much older, I'm comfortable enough to say to myself, like, look, everyone should seek some form of therapy. There's a lot of, like, a lot of people base how strong they are, and they put that as the totality of the world. Everyone is, doesn't manage and maintain the same level of strength, whether psychologically, physically, emotionally. You know, someone can lose a parent, and it could, it could be traumatic for the rest of their life. Someone can lose a parent, and they can get over it. And they can both have the same equal amount of love for the parent. But yet and still, this person has a different level of mental strength. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think there's a huge stigmatism around mental health that, um, you know, there's been a movement in that where um, it's becoming more normalized. But especially depending on someone's background or their culture, like there can be even more stigmatisms around that mm -hmm. um, based on where someone's from, based on um, their family um, support system. Like some families are really against it. Some people are just like, hey, just like I have friends. I can talk to my friends. I can talk to my family. But um, it doesn't truly substitute talking to a professional if agree. you are suffering from clinical depression or anxiety. I agree. You know, like for me personally, I think one thing I did suffer from personally, what I used to have a, um, a victim mentality. And what I mean by the victim mentality is I always felt like the world was against me. I wanted everyone to feel sorry for me to the point where... I basically crippled myself because I didn't want the world to, to basically um, to say, I wanted the people to say like, yo, you're a victim of circumstance and you know, your, 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 your father not being there in the neighborhood you grew up in. And I wanted all of those excuses to be the reasoning why I was allowed to fail. I feel like I wanted people to, to allow me to fail and for me to uh, be acceptable while I'm failing. You know, do you notice that a lot of people play the victim mentality in today's society? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, being an educator, I see it with students all the time. And that's where 
being an educator, you need to really be your kids' biggest supporters. Like Agreed. you need to give them those kudos and not just like generic things like, oh, great job, Jimmy. Like you want to get to know your students and their strengths and everyone has different strengths. Like we're at a point where we know that like passing a test doesn't mean that you're smart, right? Like there's all kinds of different intelligences and some kids some people are just better with their hands, like kinesthetics. Some people are more audio learners or visual learners. So it's like there's just so many ways you can be intelligent and show that. And some people are more suited to trades and some people are more suited to science and English and da 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 da. But, you know, it's it's um, finding what makes that that kid, that student unique, finding their passions and helping them um, actualize them and figuring out a plan. Right. Like it's great to be like, yeah, go to college. Um, I work at a prep school where we make sure that all of our kids apply and get accepted to college, but without a realistic plan of like not even what they want to major in because you can have an interest. I had an interest. I studied anthropology for my first year of college. And then I had a really real archaeology professor who was like, you know, this is a very competitive field. There's not a lot of directions you can go. Like you either get your PhD and teach or, you know, there's some jobs in the government sector that pay pretty well, but there's not a lot of them. So just be prepared for that. And honestly, I was like, I'm not prepared for that. So you decided not to. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, um, you know, I also really was interested in marine science and learning more about the programs that offer that. Mm -hmm. It gives you that hard science background. I had to take chemistry, physics, calculus, biology. Um, and so that gave me more options. Um, I knew it would give me more options and it did. I ended up being a biology teacher. Um, and so I think like it's, we're at a point where we can't just be like, yeah, go to college. Yeah. Study something you're interested in. We Agreed. have to figure out like what career do you want and really prioritize internships, not only in college, but as early as possible. Like I'm talking elementary school, like getting those kids in professions and shadowing um, the people who have careers that they're interested in, like we have career days all the time for little kids, but like we can't actually get them in those workplaces. And I think like, um, yeah, we just need to be realistic because we're in a recession. <laughs> we are, we are, we are. Right? Like, and not forever, but I mean, um, we want... A recession. <laughs> a recession. You got a bomb to that. We are in a recession. Right? So like, I, I don't want my students to go off to college and even like just teaching them those practical skills where like um if we hold their hand for the entirety of high school they're going to get to college we release them and they don't know what to do they don't know how to self-advocate and reach out to the professors when they're missing work when something goes on in their life like mm -hmm. they have a loss in their family and they're out for a couple of weeks if you're not communicating effectively with your professors I you agree. could end up failing the entire semester and losing a ton of money and getting set back and then ending up in a really negative, uh, pessimistic place where it's hard to dig yourself out of that hole and get back on track. So, um, yeah, I, we should I, talk yeah. about that too. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, you know what, what you're saying? I agree a hundred percent, you know, but like, like when I talk to like a lot of people and it frustrates me and I, the reason why it frustrates me because like, it's like, you'll watch people dig themselves into a hole. Literally you'll watch them. And it's so transparent to you, the decisions that they're making, and they can't see it themselves. Like, for instance, I broke down a scenario with a guy the other day, right? And I want you to, to follow me with this one. I said, bro, 
you called your, your, your marijuana dealer, right? He goes, yes. You sat there. You waited for your marijuana dealer to come to you, right? He goes, yes. After your marijuana dealer pulls up to your house, right? You walk outside the house, right? You go to the car. There's a transaction that's made, right? So meaning he, he gave you your substance and you gave him your finances. And then you walk back into your home, rolled uh, your situation, and then walked in the backyard and smoked, right? And it's a continuous habit to the point where you don't see that it's plaguing a lot of people. Listen, I understand that we live in a culture now where, you know, with the victim mentality is also we live in a hip-hop driven culture, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that hip-hop is a very small amount of people who really live this lifestyle. It's bad when humans who work nine to fives and regular jobs trying to mimic what hip-hop is what is. You know, I'm not going to blame it totally on hip-hop, but it's, it definitely plays a major part. You see a lot of people, they live with the hip-hop mentality like, you know what? I get up every day, smoke weed, chase women, and waste all my money on living this fake lifestyle. And then they ultimately don't realize they'll never get to levels because it's not realistic. And then when you tell them, like, look, this is not real. You know, when you look at social media, right? Social media gives us a, a great lens and a great window to what real successful people look like. You know, I've noticed that we tend to follow people that aren't really the level of success. When you say names that are successful to me, I see Bezos, I see Musk, I see Steve Jobs with the legacy that he left behind. Even in his grave, his family will always eat off the residuals of what he created in his garage, which is Apple. You know, I find these people, I find Buffett very enticing. I find Sean Carter, Jay-Z Combs, and Puffy Combs, rather, as good uh, influences on uh, what success looks like. I follow 50 Cent and his work ethic. Anyone that sees this sees that these people work very, very, very hard. But I've noticed in this microwave generation, the, men the mentality and the mindset has changed. Like, yo, I can work very, very minimal. But I'm going to have very, very great results. And I find that to be disheartening because I'm like, I'm a very hardworking person. I'm scratching the surface with levels of success, but I'm doing okay. But I still have to know that I got to continuously work hard. Because it's in order to sustain and maintain anything, we have to work hard. Do you think that today, in today's society, that a lot of people think that they're going to instantly become successful without putting in real levels of work? Yeah, that... Instant gratification culture is like where we're at with Gen Zs and millennials and I don't the the newer ones that are coming up, but like I don't know what that generation is anyway. <laughs> um yeah, no, I think with Uber Eats and Grubhub and uh TikTok, like we're just so used and Amazon Prime, right? We're so used to receiving things immediately. Instant. Instant. Um, Spotify, like we used to have, you know, CDs that only had so many tracks and and tapes, right? And yes. now we just like we pick a playlist that sounds like the genre or the artist that we're interested in, and boom, like so it's 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 very real. It's very real, and because of that, um, I think we're finding with. Um, the millennials that are now in the workforce and out of college or still in college, um, they are struggling. They, you know, don't want to work hard. And beyond just a normal nine to five, we're learning that investing in real estate is really, you know, how you can create that generational wealth yes. um, and, and like sustainable wealth and get that passive income. Like 
Um, I've heard that our generation probably won't get social security. So agreed. Like a normal job is important and feeding into a retirement plan and savings is important, right? But like will it be really enough? will it be enough to will have enough that safety net? Yeah. And I think like something that I didn't even think about, like of course thinking about nine to fives, right? And getting um an idea of what those are like through shadowing opportunities are important, but also having some more of that real estate and investing education Agreed. in uh, as part of a, a an established curriculum in public schools, um, well, in in all schools, right, is important. So yeah. So so let me ask you this question. And for me, based on what you said, I agree. You know, so do you think the environment, right, and influencing the influences in these environments are in social media and in platforms? Do you think they play a major part? on why the, the the microwave mentality has gotten so heightened to the point where you think that, like, uh, uh, people think like that because it's like, if I look on social media, it's like a highlight reel of of all your greatest moments. So people feel like, hey, this person lives this superstar lifestyle every single day, but they don't see the work behind the scenes. Do you think that's what it is, the environment it influences? Definitely. I'm already at a point where I see people um, around my age going on these, vacations um but i know that they can't afford it like they're putting it on credit cards or they're living paycheck to paycheck i agree um and it's like again it's that instant gratification they they want to go on these vacations now they want to live it up like they've earned it um and i think that we have this mentality like i know i have where it's like I was in school most of my life i'm still in a grad program now for um teaching and um, and, and on top of that, I'm a full-time teacher and I find it really hard to, to kind of pursue those side hustles and really, um, put a lot of time and effort into those outside pursuits of like real estate and investing. I think like, oh, I, you know, I have this crazy commute. I work at a charter school, so our days are crazy long. I have to grade on weekends. Like I don't have time, but I, I know that I do have time. <laughs> Right. So, but like, because I'm part of that generation, I'm trying to like untrain myself into thinking like, oh, like treat yourself. Like I've earned this. Like, no, like I, I need to keep working hard because if I don't, then I'm going to be screwed in my later years when I can't work anymore, especially like. <laughs> I agree. You know, I think that doesn't exist anymore. I think the delayed gratification, it doesn't exist. You know, people don't believe in delayed gratification. They want, you know, we can look at, look at, a, like I always tell people, you can cook a, a pizza in a microwave. But you could also cook cook a pizza in an oven. Everyone knows the oven pizza tastes 10 times better, but yet and still, people want it so fast, they'll eat something that tastes not as good because it comes out faster. And I find that to be crazy. So I'm like asking myself, is this 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 an environmental thing? Is it an influencer thing? What is it? Is in, in the mindset is like for me, I, I'm like I don't get it. And I'm trying to learn, like, even with dealing with my son and my children, I see certain things like, you know, um, they, 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 they think that what you've accomplished tends to be their levels of accomplishment. I think parents' jobs is definitely to make their children's life easier, but I think they misconstrue with making it easier and you just being lazy. And I'm starting to see, like, look, I got us to this level by working this hard. What makes you think in order for you to stay in this environment that we currently live in, you could work at this level? 
It doesn't make sense, especially when you haven't accomplished anything. And I talk, I talk to him all the time about this, but I feel like it's my voice versus the environment's voice, also the influencer's voice, that we're, we're clashing. We keep clashing because it seems like most humans will ultimately always take the easy route. But in my mind, in my mind, and I, and I agree with this 100%, if you always do what's hard, life becomes very easy because hard becomes easy to those who always do what's hard. What's, what, what most people don't understand is easy is only easy for those who want to continuously do what's easy. But easy will remain easy and their life will never be to the magnitude of what they think it is because they always want life easy. You know? And I'll say this one more time for you. If you look at the word hard, the people that embrace that challenge called hard don't even realize that life is hard for them because they've always accepted everything to be hard. So what happens is they, they, they work hard, they study hard, they play hard. Everything they do is hard. So in their mind, it's easy because hard becomes easy for those who continuously do what's hard. But easy will always get the bad results. People look for the easy way through life expecting great results. But in reality, I've noticed in my, my, my whole time of chasing success, everyone I come around that's successful, they work very hard. And it's real, realistic, but yet and still, people really believe that they're going to be successful with doing what's easy. And I don't understand that. And if, it, it bothers me. But I, I do have another question for you, right? Do you think, right? then you and your environment have a lot of common interests. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to take credit for this because actually my boyfriend, he says this, but you are like the average of the, what, like five closest people around you, like the five people in your closest inner circle. Um, and Give your boyfriend a round a of applause. <laughs> Give your boyfriend a round of applause. Shout out Kenzie. Because he's definitely right. But I want to hear where you're going with it. Yeah, I, there's a lot of truth to that, I think. Like, I have a lot of people in my circle that are really hardworking and have that growth mindset. But I also have some people who aren't wanna turn quite up? there. Yeah, who yeah, want to do this? They, That's what they want to do? Yeah, and there's some people who work hard, but they like, okay, so the whole, like, work smarter, not harder thing, I feel yes. like we need to rework that a little bit because you need to work smart, but then you need to, like, multiply that with, like, the work ethic and working hard, right? Agreed. Because some people work really hard and they have, like, all these part-time gigs or whatever, right? And they're working multiple jobs, but they're not necessarily getting anywhere, you know? Like, they're, they're just staying in that paycheck-to-paycheck -paycheck place. I agree. Um, yeah. I agree. But you know what it is? Like, here's the logic for me. And this is me jumping into finances real fast. You know, I don't have a financial institutional degree, but I understand economics. Why do I understand economics? Because I understand that money has to work for you. One thing you have to do is understand that in order to become successful, before you can become successful, you have to be, you know, one thing I will say this, and I'm going to go on record and say this. When you truly understand that in order for you to be successful, you have to be a slave first. What I mean by the word slave, slave doesn't have a color in America. Let's just call it what it is. You have Spanish, Asians, blacks, whites, right? You have to literally buy back your freedom in America. 
And what I mean by buying back your freedom is employing your economics. You have to employ your money to work for you so therefore you can work less. So here's the common sense. Most people take their money, they buy liabilities, right? And then they cry about having to work having to work on the plantation more and more and more and more, which is the job force. They complain. They go buy the bins, they buy the vacations, they buy the nice clothes, they buy all the materialistic things that give them no return on their investment, and then they cry about being stuck on the hamster wheel. You're stuck on the hamster wheel because what you're supposed to do is go to the plantation, take some of the fruits, plant them in your yard, and then soon you'll start eating from your own garden. But yet and still, people keep thinking that if I continuously do the same foolish things, I'm going to fake it till I make it and ultimately something is going to spring from a garden I never planted a flower or a fruit or a vegetable in. That's not going to happen. The realities of all things is you have to literally go to the plantation, which is of course the job force. Take those seeds and then start investing in your own plantation. So now you'll start seeing some of the fruits of your own labor. No? What do you feel about that? I agree 100%. <laughs> so let's, let's go into this question right here. Nature versus nurture. Now, women tend to have a better gift at nurturing than men. In most cases, I've noticed that most women are better nurturers than they are, I mean, than men. You know, so as a female, you know, I'm not that great of a nurturer. I'm going to say that straight up. You know, not dealing with my own. I'm, I can do it if need be, but I'm more of a provider. You know, and I, I know you're around me a lot. You see that I go hard. You know, I can provide. But let me ask you a question. When you hear the words nature versus nurture, what is the first things that come to mind? Well, being a science teacher, the first thing that comes to mind is like, so nature really is just like the tool set that you are given at birth, right? It's your DNA, it's your programming, it's the parts of your personality and who you are okay. that aren't really going to change, right? Okay. But nurture is the parts of you that are shaped by your environment and the people who raise you, whether that be, it's not just your family, right? It's your yes. school, it's your community, it's yes. your barbershop, it's, yes. it's everything, right? It's your community. Um, so I think that nurture is so important because right? Like it can make or break someone. Someone it's, it's could molding, be right? born it's like, like a genius. Yeah. It's someone could be born a genius with all the potential in the world. Right. But if they, um, come from a broken household and they come from a lot of trauma or maybe like a significant death in their family, um, maybe they were homeless growing up. Like there's all of these traumatic things that can happen to a kid that hold them back. Um, but I mean, it's more than that, too. Like, a kid could be born in a not great situation or a not great family situation, but Agreed. if they have a great community and they're able to, like, um, go to rec centers or they're the community public spaces and receive that support um, elsewhere, then that can, that can also shape help you. shape them. Yeah, so I think that, um, yeah, nurture is super, super important. There's been a lot of studies about this, too. Like, nature does play a huge role in who someone is, but nurture uh, is almost as significant or more so, so, yeah. So do you think that um, this is the reason why a lot of people limit themselves because of the nature versus nurture? Um, so let me, let me give it, let me go yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, their environment, yeah. So let's say, like, let's say, okay, my father was a janitor. My mom was a secretary. In the environment I grew up in, most people are in gangs, most people are on drugs, 
most people are actively doing the things that work against us from winning, right? Do you think that's the nature, the, the nurturing is the reasoning why they put those uh, mental limits on themselves? Like, you know what? I'm only going to be what my neighborhood is. Everybody over here is failing, so it is what it is. You think that a, a young person or a developing person could feel like that? Yes, for sure. Um, I think like I there's there's examples of being in an impoverished kind of place and not and limiting yourself and not wanting more. But there's also a lot of examples of like really wealthy people who are they know they're going to be handed over their families like multi million dollar company or you know they 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 know that they don't have to work to meet their basic needs and be successful in life. Yes. So they're just chilling. They're the influencers or whatever, and they're vacationing and traveling and, and doing whatever. But I feel like you can also be depressed and have all the money in the world. Like, money doesn't Agreed. buy happiness. Agreed. It's important. You want to meet your basic needs. And Say that again. Say that one more time. <laughs> Say that one more time. Money does not buy happiness, right? You want money because you want to meet your basic needs. You want to be comfortable and you want to get to a place like why people are investing and and trying to accumulate a lot of wealth that they can pass on is so that they can focus on the things that really matter. Like you, for example, like you don't need to work in your barbershop like you're in a financial place where you could do whatever, but you get satisfaction and fulfillment from serving your community and giving back and and um teaching what you've learned about financial literacy to your community right and everyone needs purpose and that's ultimately i think how you achieve happiness it's not through money not through money it's not through fancy cars huge houses lavish Mm -hmm. vacations it's through finding your purpose and get yeah and it's not necessities those are wants right and giving back to your community to your family to humanity society the world the environment like Things that really matter, right? At the end I of the agree. day. <laughs> I agree. You know, you know something crazy? When I look at everything, right, and I see the, the word money, right? We talk about money. When I see a hammer, right? A hammer's job is to nail or to, to hammer a nail, right? When I see a drill, it is to screw something in, right? When I see a, 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 a door, it is to keep something out. When I see uh, uh, you keep going a camera, it is to take pictures, it is to take video of whatever the circumstance is. When I hear the word money, I see money as a tool. And money is only a tool, like you said earlier, to get you financial freedom. So therefore, you can do what you really love and you get to enjoy your life. You know, that's what I see money as. People value money way too much because of the point that they feel like if I had money, my life would be so much better. I'm going to tell you something. Money can't buy your family health. If your mother is sick and she has stage four cancer, money is not going to change that. Money is not going to make the fact that your child was born with a mental illness change that. Money is not going to literally uh, uh, um, put you in a better fi- uh, 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 mental space if you're unhappy or depressed and you know for a fact that it's not the money that you're depressed by is the fact that you have tons of people around you who only see you for your money and they don't value you for you. So now you have tons of fake people around you and you really believe that they love you. You know, like I've learned how to build a circle around me for people that genuinely love me and support me for me. One thing people always say is, Q, you're, you're good at finding good spirits. I said, why? Because I allow God to lead me. I don't force 
puzzles to fit into places they don't fit. If it don't fit, it don't fit. You know, I'm not going to make someone somebody they're not. I've learned how to accept people for who they are. Once you show me who you are, I'm going to accept it from that very moment. And now I know where to place you. You know, it's just how I am. In most cases, I always tell people, I am not the first person that will hurt or break my relationship with somebody else. In most cases, people will do that to me first. But I've always given them rope and allowed them to hang themselves. And the reason being is because I don't want to be the person that initiate the problem. But I have a real question for you, and I really want everybody to, uh, to, to I want you to tap into this question. Okay. This question is a real question. And I'm only asking this question because I want everyone to hear this from her mouth. Does white privilege exist? Short answer, yes. <laughs> um, there's no denying that, right? We, um, I don't know how many people have seen, like, uh, if we use the analogy of, like, a race, right? Like, white people have, like, a head start in the race of life, right? Um, unfortunately, because of the roots of colonialism, like, they run deep. And not even just in America, but worldwide. Like, you see colorism in Asian countries, right? And that's the influence of European, Caucasian white people, um, you know, spreading around the world and uh, taking power and, and spreading that influence of the, you know, superiority of whiteness or, you know. And, and of course, um, it's taken years, it's taken hundreds of years to kind of change that narrative and change like what has been instilled in in history and in like the generations of because you know generationally like people pass down certain things like oh you need to look this certain way or, or sound this certain way or speak this certain way mm -hmm. in order to make it in life and I know that happens in in communities that aren't white because of the white influence and so there's a there's a shift that's happening um and I wish that it would happen faster, <laughs> honestly. Because, um, like, I, I know another thing that we're going to talk about is white guilt. And I have a lot of white guilt, honestly. Like, um, Elaborate. I, I, so I, um, I'm from Maine originally. And Maine is an extremely white state, probably, like, 90 95% white. Um, I grew up in a not racist household. Like, I grew up in for those of you who know, like, a Unitarian Universalist church, which is, like, spiritual-based and, like, really just promotes that idea of, like, um, celebrating differences and differences in religion and cultures and backgrounds. And um, oh. I grew up for part of my upbringing in Lewiston, Maine, which actually has a large um, Somalian immigrant community. Um, so I did grow up with um, black people in my community, even though in a lot of towns in Maine, there isn't really a lot of people of color. Um, so I think once I went to the University of Maine, once I went to college and met my boyfriend who's black and came down to Long Island and met his family and, and after college, I lived with his family for a bit and his, and like, you know, I'm in his community right now. Like, <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're his barber. Like you have been cutting his, his hair father. since he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so like I, because I am surrounded by people who are not white, I can really learn and see how um, the influence of like um, white supremacy impacts um, people of different races, of different colors of POC people, right? Like, and, and so I, I feel bad as a white person 
Like, I'd, I don't want all this white privilege. I wish that I could just, like, give it to... Equal. It, yeah, like, I... Yeah, and but, you know, I, I also have to be really aware of it and how I can use it for good and have the hard conversations when Agreed. I come across Agreed. white people who assume that because I am also white that they can spew their racist rhetoric and that maybe I'll agree with them. Um, so it's been a learning process for me because I, you know, out of sight, out of mind. In Maine, even though I grew up with that equality mindset and believing that differences were good and that, you know, they were important. And that's actually why I partly chose to study anthropology my first year of college um, to learn about different cultures. Like, it's, um, you can't just have that mindset of like, I don't see color, like, because it also negates the experiences of the people of color who are experiencing racism regularly, who are oppressed and who are in unfortunate positions because of you know there there were laws not that long ago that um made it hard for people of color black people native people to purchase property and land and and so like there are these systems that are still in place in america and in the world that keep white people ahead of everyone else um I i agree and and it sucks. And even seeing like the people that I love and care about, like experiencing racism, even on Long Island, like coming from Maine, I was like, it's so diverse down here. Everyone's intermingling. Like, it's great. Mm-hmm. But it's also like self-segregated. Like there's, you know, there's pockets of communities that are predominantly white. And then you see that redlining where next to that predominantly white community, there's a predominantly black or Latinx community um, that. Like, you, you just see the difference, right? Like, the white community has all the old growth, the beautiful 100-year-old trees and is well cared for and has landscapers there, like, feels like 24-7. And then the right next door, it's just all concrete. There's not a lot of trees. It's um, clearly impoverished, and, and it sucks, and I hate it. But. I agree. <laughs> but you want, you want to hear something yeah. crazy for me? Yeah. You know the one thing I love about the new generation? And people talk bad about the new generation. Like, they always speaking, like, my, the older generation always talking negative about the new generation. But the one thing I love about the new generation, and I'm going to give them their flowers, the one thing I see with the new generation, the racism is definitely changing. I'm going to tell you why it's changing. You're having a lot of young white kids who are growing up in very white areas who are actually going to college. And the stories that they told them about black people, they're intermingling and seeing it. It's not true. We live in a generation now where more kids, see, when I was growing up, it was, do as you were told. Whatever you were told, that's what you do. Now the curiosity is heightened. More children are curious, like, wait, why did you tell me black people are like this and now I'm around black people? I'm seeing that this not to be true. And also black kids are starting to see the same thing also. I've noticed, you know, a quick story. One time I was talking to one of my, my good friends. He's black. He's, he's always uh, uh, um, the victim guy. He, slavery exists. We know it to be true. This is facts. He thinks in his mind that all white people are racist. And I said, I disagree with this statement. He said, why? I said, because one of my uh, very, very, very prominent people that I love is Harriet Tubman. Harriet shows the strength and the power of a woman. I don't care if she's black or white. She shows the strength of a woman. I love, I come from a single mother. My mother always made me read and do my uh, reports on Harriet Tubman. 
So Harriet became one of my like one of my prominent uh, as far as uh, leaders in life in the whole slave uh, revolution. I'm gonna tell you why I love Harriet. Harriet, she learned how to 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 intermingle right quote unquote infiltrate white homes which is her Underground Railroad. Her Underground Railroad was homes of white people who allowed blacks to stay in their home and, and, and to, to get to the next station, right, which is the next home. So it was a channel of white homes along the road. So my question is this. I always say to him, how could all white people be racist when the whole Underground Railroad was a channel of white homes? Let me say this again. Harriet Tubman, is a black woman who learned how to, to, to mingle with white people and allowed them to help her get more blacks to freedom. So when people tell me that all whites are racist, I said it's impossible because even in the slave times, these white people knew that it was punishable by death if they caught you harboring or hiding slaves. So this could not be true. I'm like, listen, there are tons of people that are racist that are black, white, Spanish, and anything else that falls in between, right? But yet and still, there are people who are practicing ignorance. That's really the, that's what the real issue is, is ignorance. And then there's uh, uh, people losing their power. You know, people don't want to lose their power and their positioning. If Tom, let's just use him as a white guy, I'm just saying it, not to be racist. Let's say Tom, he wants his children of course, that has an easier life, right? And let's say Tom is white privileged. Tom doesn't want his children to have to work as hard. And I think that's most parents. You know, they don't want their children to have to work as hard to get the opportunities that they feel like they're entitled to. They're entitled to these opportunities. So this is how Tom feels. And over generations, Tom was told, taught or told that he has every bit of right to feel this way. This is where you have the very famous name that we like to say a lot, Karen. Karen comes from that generation of people who feel very entitled. You know, and I don't know the name of the, what's the guy that does it? The guys that act like that? They call him what? What's the name for the guys, guy? I don't know. Karen is the girl, and what's the name for the guys? It doesn't matter. It's somebody. <laughs> I like Tom. Tom. But, you know, the reality of all things is, you know, I could never believe that all white people could be racist. And from me doing my own studies, it, it told me that it's impossible. See, but true, true, he said Joe Biden. <laughs> but, you know, for me, I, and look, even her, she comes from a, a predominantly, no, 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 not predominantly, almost 95% area that is white. Yet and still, met a black man, right? fell in love with this guy, moved to a whole nother state with this guy, right? And came around all his friends and family and also felt comfortable being naturally who she is. She doesn't force the relationship. So when I tell people all the time, we got to stop pushing this narrative. See, what I realize in society is the separation thing has caused too much problems. I don't believe in separation. I do believe that when separation is needed, is a person of a bad mentality or a person that's pushing the wrong agenda. Those are the people we need to exile. But this country called the United States of America, it is impossible for me to accept someone here racist. It is too much interaction with culture. 
is a big melting pot of people that have done things to build it. It's a big melting pot. So when I look at a white person or a black person, the one thing I love, and I have to say this, my social media platform has shown me that there are tons of white people who does not have the same financial literacy that we're taught and we believe. There are tons of white people in my DM always asking me, could you help me with finances? See, the thing is, most black people believe that all white people have this financial literacy. I'm traveled. I've met tons of people around the states who don't have the financial literacy. They could be white. They could be black. They could be Hispanic. I could, listen, there's only 1% of this country that has wealth. 1%. 84 to 86% of the country's population live paycheck to paycheck, whether gainfully employed or underemployed. That's whites, that's blacks, that's blues, that's greens. That's everything that falls in between. So the reality of all things is let's stop pushing this false narrative about separation. I don't agree with it. And the reason why I don't agree with it, because white people play a major part, black people play a major part. And if you do believe in a God, I don't care what his name is or her name is, whatever you want to call it, there's no way that God can tell me as a black man, I'm only supposed to like black people. I find that to be an ignorant God. You created this person, but yet and still you're going to tell me to not love it. You created me and you're going to tell them to not love me. See, let's stop pushing this poor, this poor man's agenda. Because it's only doing the devil's work, and I'm not doing the devil's work. I'm going to help people believe that unification in all colors and all looks matter. Because I think everyone could bring something to the table. Everyone could bring something to the table. You know, and, and I want to say one more thing before I pass it back over to you, Jessima. I don't believe there's a such thing as talking white. I'm going to say this one more time. I don't believe there is a such thing as talking white. I do believe this. You have white people that have their own slang. You have black people that have their own slangs. But when we talk about talking the proper English language, there is no white, there is no black. There is no colorization to those the way you speak. It's either you're super educated or you're undereducated. More educated people tend to talk more properly. It's just what it is. So when people say this, I'm like, you're giving white people a little bit too much credit. Because, I've, again, I've traveled. I've been places where people say, hey, howdy, boy, what's going on? They, that's how they talk. And that doesn't sound like the traditional, uh, uh, quote-unquote, proper English that we've been accustomed to hearing or told that that's only white. So for the black people that talk very proper, Kenzie, Chris, um, I want to give you guys your flowers and understand that it's just proper English. And I'm tired of people pushing this wrong agenda. I don't push that narrative because I know it not to be true. Because I've met white people that don't talk that proper at all. Tons of them. Tons by the boatloads. You know, we call our, we call our neighborhoods, they call it the, the, black, the, the black neighborhoods projects. We call their projects trailer parks. I've seen both sides of the spectrum. So understand, guys, we got to stop pushing this poor negative, um, uh, narrative rather. You know, but I want to ask you another question, though. What do you think is a realistic uh, mindset that people should have as a uh, overall? Realistic mindset. Can I just want to give you kudos to what you just said, though, because. <laughs> let, let me hear this. That was literally part of our PD, our professional development last week. because We're in orientation for the new school year. Nice. Like our white female principal was like, hey, white teachers, like, 
get over your white guilt. Like you need to correct our students when they're not speaking grammatically correct, even if you think that that could be construed as racist, because it's not. It's literally just your job as an educator to make sure that they are um, using proper grammar because they're going to need it to be successful in of school course. and in life and in writing and speaking, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I love it because, look, we have to realize this. You know, um, by breeding and teaching separatism and separation is only killing the culture's essence. We know the Indians found this land, right? They discovered America. We understand all of this. We know the whole stories. We get it. We understand it. But the only issue I have is this. We're here now. You know, in order for us to move forward, we got to accept the faults of others. I'm not going to blame Jessima for her ancestors. Her great-great-grandfather could have been the KKK king. But that's not her. Clearly, she brought home a black man. I think she went against what he wanted. You know, but anyway, that's not the case. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. My point is, let's break the mold and start understanding that we need to bring more togetherness. You know, and I, and I love her because my, my younger brother, which is her boyfriend, they date. And the one thing I love about them, and I'm saying this on record, he can't do no better than her. And I'm saying this honestly. She accepts everything about him. But his goofy, weird self at times. She loves him. And I don't think when, when God creates people for people, I don't think he creates a color. I think he just creates a heart, a mindset. You know, as far as their mentalities, they mesh. And I'm very proud that he found someone he can look at and love and love him for him because I want him to be happy. And the fact that she makes him happy, I'm happy. You know, and that's my reality. But one thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is what do you think are some strategies or some things that we can do to move the mindset forward? Ooh, okay, so I think... I know you said something about self-development. Yeah. You can go into a little bit of that, though. Um, okay, yeah, so I think that, like, people need, especially the younger generation, needs to get out of that mindset of that self-satisfaction, like, well, you were talking about influencers earlier, and yes. the thing I wanted to talk about was, like, that a lot of younger people want to be YouTubers, want to be TikTokers, and think that, that they can just make it doing that. They don't need to go to college. They don't need to have any other job or any other financial pursuits. And that goes back to, like, teaching financial literacy in schools, like, teaching about investments and real estate and saving and, uh, like, retirement accounts, right? So I think that, like, Right. Like we need to tell kids like you, it's not realistic to just be a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> it's a like, very small percentage like, of people yeah. that make money off of YouTube. And if that's your passion, like you're going to have to work damn hard for it because those people make it look easy. But it's a lot of hard work. It is. And typically it's more than a nine to five. Like you're working more than 40 hours a week. Um, you're That's the working definition of an entrepreneur. All the time. Yeah. It's we like work hard for those of us who have worked virtually or still working virtually. It's like. You don't get that separation of like work and home a lot of those times I and agree. you're working all the time. Um, so it's, you know, like, sure, you could be a YouTuber, but you're going to have to work really hard at it, especially now that it's so saturated. Um, Agreed. Uh, and even like with TikTok, like, I don't think that's even as financially realistic as being a YouTuber. Like, it's a lot harder to like make a good income from TikTok. Like, I you agree. can make supplemental income from TikTok and that's great. But you know, 
maybe also pushing that idea of a side hustle to kids. Like, hey, go to college, do this career. But also, yeah, but also, like, um, here's some, if you're really passionate about this, like, one thing, like, maybe you're really into creating art or something that isn't necessarily, like, a feasible, stable uh, career goal, like, hey, yeah, like, find something else that you're interested in somewhat that you can actually make a good income and get insurance from and stuff. But, like, at the same time, you can have that side hustle of, like, an Etsy shop or something and pursue that passion and make money from it um, in addition to your career. So I think, like, um, like not telling kids they can't do what it is they want to do, but just being realistic about it and giving them those options that we know are there um, that can make their – dreams come true in a in a realistic way you know i agree with everything she just said guys for everyone that tunes in every week i want to thank you guys we're talking about we talked about mindset today you know um my book just actually came out it's called the art of reprogramming a mindset justin you tapped into it yet did you start reading it i'm going to Barnes and noble today I just getting it today guys <laughs> that's what's up but you know the art of reprogramming a mindset is officially out you know you can check me out on amazon i'm on Barnes and nobles the art of reprogramming the mindset. We talk about the mentality. And what I've learned is even listening to her speak, and you know, we come from two complete different worlds, but we understand each other because we speak the same language. And the language we speak is building ourselves to be better selves. You know, and that's what the main language is building ourselves to be better selves. And also being examples of the positive of the positivity that we want to see in the world. You know, I'm trying to be what I want to see in the world. I want to see more people happy. I want to see more people um, believing in themselves and developing themselves. So I've created this book in order to, it's just like a self-development book, you know, the art of reprogramming the mindset again. But I will say this before we get out of here. The mentality and the mindset is everything. You are the way you think and your results are a reflection of the way you think. Let me say that one more time. The mentality and the mindset is everything. The way you think and the way you view and the way you see life determines your whole totality of results. When you look at somebody 20, 30, 40 years of existing, that is a summary of all their, their decisions and every decision they've made. You are the results of the thinking and also because in life, it starts as a thought that leads to actions that ultimately lead to results. You are the results of your thinking. So understand by programming your mind to think better, you'll get better results. Never allow yourself to self-sabotage and be a victim of your own circumstance because you're not willing to change your life and change your results by the way you change your thinking. Change your thinking, you'll change your results, and you also change everything in your life that you want. Until next time, guys, before we go, let me actually, let me tell you, shout your uh, Instagram out real quick. Oh, um, I think it's just Jessima at, I think it's at just Jessima, J-U-S-T-J-E-S-S-I-M-A. Go follow her, guys. Go show her some love. Also, follow me on Instagram at cutaboss 516 Q-D-A-B-O-S-S-516. Also, go follow the Don't Let That Go Over Your Head podcast on Instagram also. And lastly, we are officially killing YouTube, Empowered Dynasty on YouTube, guys. We're killing it. And if anybody want to tap into the YouTube Click the link in the bio and it'll take you right to all the content. We'll, we'll keep running this thing up and keep having these positive messages. Until next time, you already know what we're going to say to you guys. Don't let that go over yet.